You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. It is Minor Talk. We are live. Sal Montes, Adrian Bradis. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They've got seven locations in El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can trust the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your home auto, life, or even your commercial insurance needs. Just go to OscarAddyAtTheAgency.com to learn about it. Oh, man, where do we start? What a tough loss for UTEP on the road. Miners winless still on the road, and it comes down to a final buzzer beater by Travis Evie to lead the Rice Owls victorious over the Miners, 83-82. Let's just go ahead and do it. We'll open up the phone lines. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. It is a tough one for a lot of Miner fans out there today. Uh, I get it. This is a disgruntling loss, and this is one of those right there where the Miners had it. It felt like they did everything right at the end. Okay, look, Rice goes up 81-76, 31 seconds left in the game. Travis Evie hit a three-pointer for the Owls of Rice. Um, it looked like it was over, like beyond over. Two-possession game, only uh, you know less than a minute to go. No timeouts for the Miners. But what does UTEP do? They do exactly what they have done best all year long, and that is playing exceptional defense. Tay Hardy had a great steal. Mario McKinney with a quick layup. Uh, that cut the deficit to a one-score game. I thought to myself, well, okay, no way UTEP could do that again. No way UTEP is going to have this come their way yet again on the defensive side. But Calvin Solomon had an excellent steal. Tay Hardy then ended up getting the ball and get it and got fouled. He made the first one. It was a one-in-one situation, Sal, which, by the way, Miners making clutch free throws late in the game. Uh, that was nice to see today because uh, Scott P- uh, Para, the head coach of the Rice Owls, he called a timeout um, in the middle of that one-in-one situation to ice Tay Hardy. But instead, Tay Hardy comes out of the timeout and makes that second free throw. It helps the Miners lead in this one, uh, 82-81. And it felt like UTEP was going to win. But then on the other side, the Owls of Rice, their guard, and Travis Evie took it coast-to-coast, hit a floater as time expired, as the buzzer hit. And uh, that's all she wrote. UTEP. Uh, loses to Rice. They get swept against the Owls. Uh, This was easily the best game of this Rice-UTEP series all time. And uh, yeah, that's how it's probably going to end unless these two teams take on each other in non-conference play. Uh, Rice will move on to the American Athletic unless these teams play each other in the conference tournament. That might be the last time we see Miners Owls play basketball in a while on the men's side of things, Sal. Yeah, and it was um, it was a slugfest pretty much all game uh, from left to right. I know there were spots where the Miners got hot and Rice was cold and vice versa, but ultimately things balanced out the way that they did because, um, you know, the final – minute or so was was some of the most entertaining basketball it sucks to be on a losing side right but when when the miners did everything right down the stretch um it was just one more task after having you had to do nine things perfectly or so and they did eight of them and that last one was just allowing that bucket but also to travis cv that that's a quick play (laughs) he's a speedster so uh I, i mean what do you do in in that scenario right you, you try to guard as best as you could and uh rice uh holding their own getting that bucket um in the end and and this game was right in their wheelhouse too so i think if you know you, you flip things around and and the score is somewhere like in the 60s i think the miners are favored a bit more but they're playing out of their comfort zone where rice 
they want 80 plus. I think they average around 80 or so anyway. So um, this is a, a team who who's playing the game that they want. Doesn't matter if the other team is is near them in, in points. As long as it's around the 80 mark, they know that this is the type of game that they want. And um, next thing you know, that last possession, literal running gun possession, the only difference between the last shot and some of the earlier shots is where it was at in the game because they they'll run that play as much as possible if they could get two points whether it be in the first minute of the game or the last minute of the game and uh you know sal i'm really happy you brought up the high scoring affair that this contest provided i mean when it comes to high scoring games when it comes to just scoring over 70 points period i feel like the miners struggle because they just simply can't keep up with their opponents they can't score enough offensively and today defensively you know utep just didn't have it in the second half rice was making everything they wanted and it wasn't like they were hitting some crazy shots which by the way you know making six three pointers in the second half that's definitely uh, crucial as far as shot making goes, but I felt like it was just those plays in transition. I, head coach Joe Golding talked about it. Uh, the quick baskets in transition were the ones that killed the miners because as soon as UTEP would get a bucket, uh, Rice would go quickly on the other end to try to score uh, fast on the miners. That's a great testament to head coach Scott Para of Rice to adjust and realize that UTEP kind of takes their time when they get back on defense sometimes and uh, it's a good opportunity for you to attack them. So Sal, uh, good good uh, job by you to mention the shootout and uh, anytime it's a shootout like that I, I just, I don't know if I like the miners in those kind of contests. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody does unless unless you're a casual fan who just tunes uh you know tunes in on whatever stream they're at or you want to go to the game. You you want to see the high scoring affair, right? Just the general fan, but um when it comes down to styles and and you know schemes so to speak, UTEP is is not a 82 point team, you know what I mean? That that's not their game. They they can score that. We saw it tonight, but ultimately, you know, they want it to be in that that 60ish range because they want to wear down their opponent and and it be physical cuz if we look at the stats, I mean when it comes to the physical stats, UTEP outmuscled them, outhustled them. It was just Rice was able to to make so many threes today, um, and, and that's their game right there. So it's kind of like pick your poison at that point. However, just to see it kind of play out the way it did, it, it was fun for basketball, but uh, it sucks for UTEP because you did what you needed to do in that final stretch to uh, to win the game, uh, but unfortunately it just didn't go your way. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009 if you want to weigh in on the show. 600 ESPN El Paso also on Twitter. That's where we're available. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Got a lot of tweets to get to today. Uh, a lot of, a lot still more to go over as far as this matchup goes. Uh, but before we do that, Sal, let's spend some time sympathizing with minor fans, just as you alluded to uh, to close that out. I mean, think about it. UTEP fans have been through some of the closest games this year, and unfortunately for minor fans, They've been on the losing end as of late. Um, you look you know, to the last non-conference game of the season against Kent State, one of the best teams out of the mid-major ranks. UTEP loses by a point at home, 47-46. Against UAB on the road, in which the Miners should have won. They should have beat the Blazers uh, you know, in Birmingham, Alabama. Instead, they lose in double overtime fashion to one of the best teams in Conference USA, 79-73. Four-point loss there. Then, they lose to Rice in 
overtime, 72-67. They didn't deserve to necessarily be in that contest, in my opinion. I didn't like how they played in that game, um, but yet they fought hard in the end, and they sent it to overtime with a chance to win, but they couldn't do it, and that was on their home floor against the Owls. Uh, La Tech, they lost that one on the road. That was a two-point loss, 60-58. to Miners fought hard at the end. Uh, you just did not like how they started in that game. That was the biggest problem in that one, and then today, 83-82 loss to Rice. So you look at these recent losses for the Miners. One-point loss to Kent State, four points to UAB. You lose by five to Rice, by two to La Tech, and by one to Rice here again. That's that's uh, five losses right there that Miner fans probably are just kicking themselves, thinking that they could have won all of those games. Could you imagine the big mm. what-if, Sal, if they yeah. had pulled off some of these games late in the season and we're talking about UTEP as one of those exciting teams who could pull off late games? They just can't do that, unfortunately, right now. And you know what? Uh I think today it was kind of the reverse, right, where instead of playing well all game long um, and, and shooting yourself in the foot down the stretch, it was kind of the reverse where, you know, they were in some tough spots earlier on, but they, they played nearly perfect uh, to close it out. I, I think it's really just a matter of playing good basketball for a longer stretch throughout the game. I, I mean, they, they answered the bell on the free throws. They they got more assists than, than turnovers today. Still a, a decent amount of turnovers, but finally they get over that hump, right? That more assists than, than turnovers part. So they did what they needed to do statistically, I guess. But when, when you talk about um, the most important stat, of course, being points, but time, right? How well can you play for how long um, ultimately that's what what did them in today compared to the other games and, and that's the frustrating part right because we look at those other losses and say if you make your free throws it's a totally different game well they did that today they just didn't play well for for longer stretches and ultimately that that's kind of what it came down to it literally no no pun intended came down to the last second Hey, uh, let's go over the game real quick, and then I want to go over what happened at the end of the game that was just reported by uh, KTSM's Colin Deaver. Uh, if you had CUSA TV and you had that working, props to you. Uh, I tried to get that working on my side. It, it did not. I, uh, I threw it out the books. I did not watch the video stream on this one. My first game not watching UTEP video stream live uh, in a long time, and very disappointing, but I'm not surprised. What, are you surprised, Sal? Are you surprised with all the CUSA TV uh, feedback that we got from today? <laughs> Uh, not at all. In fact, I, I was kind of like, what's taking so long? No, uh, joking. But in all seriousness, no, I was not. Well, um, thanks to Colin Deaver, who I think he got some access to it. Uh, we could talk a little bit about what happened late in the game, but I want to talk early about this one. So first half, UTEP started off strong, loved their defense, loved the balance that they had. They had six players who scored four more points. Uh, Shamar Givens had eight. Mario McKinney had six. Kevin Kalu also contributed with six points in the first half. Miners led at one point in the first half uh, by 10, 35-25, five minutes to go in the first half. And then Rice came on a nice run to close out the first half. But still, Miners had the lead. They felt good about themselves going into the break. I, I really liked what UTEP did in that first half. And then um, you look at what happened in the second half, and I just it, it it's hard to overlook that 13-0 run by Rice. That I feel like that's what really flipped the game and gave all the momentum to the Owls because I loved the way that UTEP was clamping down defensively. I also felt like UTEP dominated at points in the first half, uh, minus some times when the the Owls started to come back here in stretches. But, you know, what What do you think, Sal? I just really think that 13-0 run, Miners go scoreless for five minutes. Um, Rice was at, at that point shooting 
74% in the second half, 14 of 19 from the floor. Um, and, you know, for the Miners, they just could not slow the Owls down at that point. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's all rice right there, right, with a little bit of extra extra flavor, if you want to put it that way. Their, their motto is scoring points, but when they can score points and whoever it is they're going up against goes through these droughts, it definitely benefits them. So that that's the style that Rice wants. They want to they want to go up and down the floor and score some points, but they're not, in my opinion, not one of the top defensive teams in the conference. But for you to get a, a good defensive stretch against UTEP or anybody for that matter, but when your defense can lock down for three minutes at the very least, that's amazing. And then when you go beyond that, that just makes it a lot easier for yourself. But as far as UTEP goes, it's kind of like the game within the game, right? Like ultimately 40 minutes is the game, maybe extra if there's overtime. But what are those little games that you can win throughout the game? And ultimately that drought was a game that they lost. Um, And and that's what damaged them. Yeah, I agree completely, Sal. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. I promise we will go to Twitter right after this. Um, I want to talk about this one. Colin Deaver, KTSM, tweeted this out. I just retweeted it. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, If you remember back to the first game between UTEP and Rice, the Owls did not, you know, it was like uh, head coach Scott Perra, he he ended up going ahead and shaking a couple of the coaches' hands, and then he beelined it after, I think he, he shook one of UTEP assistance but he didn't uh, point is he didn't finish shaking the rest of the team's hands uh, and he left to the locker room he was actually even talking to a security guard this all happened back on December 31st at the Haskins Center in which the Rice Owls beat the Miners in overtime okay we talked about it at the time now on the flip side today Colin's uh, video shows UTEP and Rice not shaking hands post game after the Owls won in this buzzer beater fashion Fashion. Now, the interesting part about this is buzzer beater goes, uh, Scott Para, as soon as he gets the announcement from the refs that the uh, shot will count, he starts parading all over the floor. He has his hands up. He is excited, fired up. Th- you know, he's getting everybody uh, pumped up and everything. And then he goes back to the line. It looks like he goes back to the line where he assumes that they are going to start shaking hands. But then UTEP's bench kind of stays um, where they are. UTEP's coach just shake their own, you know, maybe some assistance hands, but they don't shake hands. It's it's very interesting. Uh, Sal, I retweeted it. I don't know if you got a chance to saw see the video. It just seems like uh, Scott Para, Joe Golding have this little rivalry going on right now. Yeah, it, maybe it's personal between the two. I, I don't know. It's all speculation at this point, but this kind sure, of stems definitely. back. Yeah, this does stem back a little bit further because Colin Deaver mentioned um, that, that uh, Coach Para – in the tweet, right, Colin Deaver mentioning Para and uh, Coach Terry when he was at UTEP, they got yep. into it January 9th of uh, 2021. Um, I, I didn't see the full video, so I didn't know what Coach Terry said, but there's some a little bit of animosity there when it comes to it. So I don't know if it's just a character or a personality of Coach Para, which, I mean, to be honest, I really have no problem with you. You want to go out there and celebrate, but ultimately it is a bad look, right, when you kind of reflect mm. on it. Like, like, why didn't they shake hands? Then you got to get down to the root of it. But, but, I mean, the game was won at that point. Guys were already at the line. I, I saw some of that video there for, for today's game. Yep. Guys were at the line, you know, to shake hands, and it just didn't happen. So I, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a head coach thing or not. It's, it's not a good look, but ultimately it's, it's not that big of a deal because you got to get ready for the next game. 
I want to know from our listeners if they think it's cool. Like if, if they if they're like you, Sal, who says, hey, it's not a good look when it comes to a coach, not at least respecting the other coach to shake his hand. And and on the flip side, I want to know from some of our listeners if they like this, if they like the rivalry aspect of this, because you're, you're right, Sal, it, on one end. Just shake the hand and then go parade around the court and then go out and, and celebrate with your student section and your players. Hug all the players you want. But after that announcement, he started going on the court. He took his time, and then he kind of awkwardly looks at the, the line to possibly shake hands, and you could clearly tell they're not going to do it. Like, you could tell that UTEP was not happy about the way that they did that. And uh, for Scott Para, you know, who knows? I, again, all speculative. We didn't hear anything over the broadcast. That's the only way we could have done or, or seen things. I'm just basing all yeah. this off the video that we're, we watch right there from CUSA TV. Um, little animosity. That's all we could say right there. And uh, be curious to hear from some of our listeners what they think about that one. Um, our telephone number, 915 Sal, it's an interesting topic, though, you know, when when you talk about this. I'm excited. Uh, I know that this instance happened, right? And it's it's like bad blood, if you want to put it that way. But what a matchup it would be if these two teams can meet in the Conference USA tournament because that's where the game is going to matter the most. Because let's be real, Rice is not at-large. UTEP's not even at-large when it comes down to it. Those teams are... If they meet a third time, that is the most important game. But if they don't, and you're Rice, you got the sweep this year. Yeah, that's that's exactly correct, Sal. It is so interesting to see how how this is uh, all playing out right here. Our telephone number again nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine to get into the program. Let's go to Twitter right now six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That's where we got to go to. Uh, let's start it off with Bryce Chauvin. He was the first tweet to come in. Um, and hey, this is what he tweeted. He said, Rice owns that ass. <laughs> um, this is coming in from Matthew Castro. The way things have gone this season, the must UTEP, this is the most UTEP ish way to lose a game. So he says, this is the most UTEP ish way to end up losing one. And he says, hashtag minor talk. Um, this is coming in from Shot Face Killa. Uh, this is, uh, he was talking about, Somebody else. Actually, he's just hating on somebody else. Uh, AntFlow22 tweets the show. Let's stop talking about supporting this program when they can't even bear rice or beat rice. Yeah. He here. Uh, here comes a long losing streak. The golden hype is over. Man, Sal, you know we get a we get a lot of negativity already, especially around head coach Joe Golding. And you heard him after the game. He didn't sound defeated. He didn't sound you know energetic. It just sounded pure disgruntled, pure frustration from him yeah. uh, as a head coach because he wants to win. He wa- He's as competitive as can be. And, and you know what? Down the stretch, they were in, in a great position to succeed and, and to yes. win the game. It just didn't go their way tonight. And I think all, although a loss is a loss, it, it's going to count the same no matter if you if you lose by one or if you lose by ten. It's, it's going to count the same amount, right? But this loss was a bit different because they had the lead. They were they were set to win the game, but Evie just uh, you know hits that jumper at the buzzer. That's the big difference, right? There, it, it wasn't a letdown, so to speak. More so, just um, a heartbreak, if that makes more sense. It wasn't a letdown. They that just that got makes the a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, but Travis Evie, 16 points in the second half. He had On hit fire, uh, yeah. two huge three-pointers. Granted, he was 2 of 7 from beyond the arc, but 6 of 12 from the field. Also contributed with two assists uh, and two rebounds. In the entire game, Travis Evie scored 21. Quincy Olivari with 23. Max Fiedler with 12 points, four rebounds, three assists, and only one turnover in 32 minutes of action. These are veterans, Sal. These are guys, I get it, people want to dish on Rice and they want to dig at them and say, hey, this is, you know, the Owls, they're not good. They've never historically beaten the Miners consistently like they swept the Miners this year. But this is a Rice team that is 12-5 and five right now. This is a Rice team also that is top 130 in minutes continuity, bringing back a ton of experience from last year and uh, and showing them this year. So it, it's guys who've beaten UTEP in years past, Sal. It's not like it's new guys coming into Rice and, and lighting it up against the Miners. You're right, but I think the frustrating thing is that when when fans thought of where to put the miners, so to speak, before Conference USA began, they they pictured UTEP above Rice. And at the same point, although they're not because they, they did get swept by the Rice Owls, they want to be in that same tier. So it's kind of like you're on par with Rice, and it's that, that budding year in and year out. Um, I don't want to say rivalry because it's not a rivalry if we're being honest, but they're the most uh, familiar team with UTEP, if we want to put it that way, when it comes to conference play. So UTEP wants to beat these guys, and that's where I think some of that, that bitterness is coming from. It's like, hey, the, the tables have turned just a little bit, and when you look at guys like Fiedler, Olivari, of course, Travis Evie, those guys are experienced, not only against the Miners, but against Conference USA. So as the season goes on, they could be one of those teams to kind of break away from that middle tier towards maybe a top tier if they can continue that. But um, it's it's a frustrating loss still because it is a loss when it comes when it comes down to it. Yeah, I like the fact that you mentioned the tiers of like where conference you uh, of where conference USA is right now, and and kind of where other teams stack up. Because uh, you know, I was we were talking yesterday with Matthew Bartlett of the Roost, uh, does great stuff covering Rice uh, basketball and all of Rice sports uh, for that matter. But we were just talking about conference USA as a whole and where this league is, and. We now know that, well, of course, you know, there are still the teams that stand out among everybody. It's Florida Atlantic, North Texas, UAB. If you listen to this show, you understand that is the top part of Conference USA, and it's one of the best teams, uh, and it's the three best teams that you're going to find in this league, at least right now. But that second tier of Conference USA, that dark horse contender tier, is now bigger than ever, bigger than it's been in, in years, really. Uh, it's got Charlotte, it has Middle Tennessee, La Tech, Western Kentucky, Rice, like you just mentioned, Sal. And I mean, that's a deep part of Conference USA right there. And then you look at that next tier, that tier that's maybe like a year away team, right? Or the teams that just don't have it this year. That's UTSA, FIU. Now, by record, by definition, UTEP falls in that category right now. FIU, 8-8. Eight and eight. UTSA, 7-11. and 11. The Miners, 9-8. and eight. Sure, they've got a winning record still. Not a winning record in Conference USA. And uh, it's up to the Miners right now to try to, you know, go up in the gauntlet that is Conference USA right now and prove to people why they should be, you know, ranked a little higher. But I, I like the fact that you mentioned that tier system, Sal. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's go to the phone lines right now, and let's welcome on Adam from the east side of El Paso. Adam, what's going on? Hey, guys, how are you? Adam, we're hanging in. We're doing fine. How about yourself? Hanging in there, just uh, taking my use of, uh, usual dose of bitter pills, but all good. 
Adam, are you what, what's what's your issue with this team right now? What, what where do you think that they can kind of go over the hump, so to speak? Uh, finding new ways to score. Um, you know, some more. Uh, you know, because once they get into once they get into half court, things are very tough to score. It makes makes things closer than they should be at the end of games, and puts us in situations where we just get caught. I mean. It wasn't their fault at the end of the game. It was a really awkward shot. It was a weird angle, the way that it had to float up and not hit the side of the backboard to, you know, make it off par. I mean, it was just um, finding new ways to score, finding new ways to score, and then continuing to get better, uh, consistent at the line. Just maybe some more some more backdoor cuts, you know, um, finding some more openings, um, I, I, I really can't say much. Sometimes you kind of just run out of words, but other than to say that, you know, they played a tough game on the road. They were up with six seconds, exactly where you want to be, and Rice took a good shot, um, you know, and credit to that kid. Really good shot. Uh, what I do want to touch on, though, again, is the Rice coach. And for me, kind yeah. of the feeling that I yeah. get is, it takes a lot to get under Joe Golding's skin, but somehow this guy has found a way to do it. I don't think he knows um, how to win with class. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's just um, I know he's excited, but also the way he conducts himself on the court during the game, the whole deal, it's just kind of like a little fly that you just want to swat away. And unfortunately, um uh, we got to get a good fly swatter. Well, we're not going to play them anymore, but, I mean, he's just kind of like a little gnat that you're trying to fall asleep at night, and you hear that little gnat in your ear buzzing that's annoying. You end up slapping your own ear trying to kill it. <laughs> but other than that, look, the miners are shaking hands with rice. That, you know, I, I, I don't mind that. Why? Because I'd rather it not get into a brawl. Okay, I like that. I like how you mentioned that. I, I feel like uh, that was well explained, Adam. My question to you is, what what is your thoughts? Do you feel like even though Para had this, you know, all the antics on the floor and everything, he should have shook hands before with Golding, or you know, the the way that it ended is probably the better thing overall. I feel like it was best for both teams. It it is kind of a bad look, but when you think about it a little bit deeper. So many things can happen when you're going through the line and somebody gives somebody a nasty look and next thing you know, you have something that's out of hand. So I think it was best for both teams. He may not have liked it, but we didn't like his behavior. So, I mean, what can you do? I just, you know, sometimes you just got to agree to disagree, go your separate ways and um, on to Charlotte. Let's see what happens. Okay, I appreciate it, Adam. Thanks for the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Minor Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Let's do this. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we've got Ronnie on the phone lines. We've got an off-air message. We've got a ton of tweets to get to. We're continuing here as Minor Talk continues. U- uh, Rice defeats UTEP 83-82. We're presented by the Oscar Addy at the Agency. We'll be back right after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, we're back. Minor Talk is here. We're presented by the Oscar Addy at the agency. Trust them for your home, your auto, your life insurance, your commercial insurance needs. That's the Oscar Addy at the agency. He's my insurance agent. Uh, big shout-out to Oscar Addy at the – big shout-out to Sal Montes. 
a little uh, a little Salmo coming back. Sal, for people who are barely tuning in for Minor Talk for the first time, uh, we got to give everybody out there your listening links, pe- way people can connect to you, and hear uh, Sal Montes. Yeah, thank you, Adrian. Uh, yeah, so follow me on Twitter if you haven't already. It's Salmonilla. I have all my links on there, by the way, so it's easier to, to pinpoint it, but it's S-A-L-M-O-E-N-I-L-L-A. Don't worry, it's not like if you don't, you know, wash your, your or fully cook your chicken or wash your hands after chopping up some, some raw food. It's, it's spelled differently than that, but uh, yeah, I have all my links on there, and then it's on uh, all platforms. It's uh, Salmo and then uh, IV, but there's no dots, so it's like four in Roman numerals. So yeah, check me out. I have you on my Spotify. I have Salmo IV on my Spotify. I've got uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of Salmo uh, in the rotation for sure. One day, atypical, occult, you know, hey, come there on. We go. Everybody out there, <laughs> uh, everybody out there definitely needs to, to bump that Sal Montes uh, here uh, as we continue on Minor Talk. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Rice defeats UTEP 83-82. Uh, we're going to get out to Ronnie in just a second. We have an off-air message from Chris Banks. Quote, I was there when Scott Parra didn't shake hands in 2021 at the dawn. The guy is one of the most unprofessional guys around. Can't believe Conference USA has not reprimanded him yet. I mean, look, is there are there rules that you have to shake hands? I'm not trying to defend Parra, but I'm just saying, like, as far as reprimanding, maybe that's a little too extensive. Uh, I kind of agree where, um, you know, what Adam was saying. I, I, I just think that... Um, or even what Sal was saying, just go in the in the handshake line, just shake the coach's hand, and then go celebrate. Yeah. I'm all fine with celebrating. I'm cool with passionate coaches, passionate players. I'm really cool with that, all that kind of stuff. Even if everybody wanted to storm around Travis Evie and get excited around him, I'm cool with that. Just shake everybody's hands. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is a game of basketball, and uh, everybody should respect each other. Look at what goes on in other sports, and and look at how we can't take you know health and things like that for granted. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. th- this is just a game like of basketball right here. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's two hours or so of, of competition. Don't get me wrong. You want to win. Emotions are high. But at the end of the day, like right now, the game's already over. It's not the most important thing in the world. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot more things going on. Uh, it could be a lot worse than it actually is. But ultimately, if uh, it, it, and think of it like this, too, um, in, in the general sense, if you can, you know, uh, commend somebody and, and give them props when they're doing bad or, or doing good, rather, then you, you got to kind of tip the scale and, and even it out. So at this point, win or lose, it, what difference does it make if, uh, if you win or lose? You still go out there and shake hands and, and get ready for the next game. Well, uh, um, let's keep things moving. I think Jonathan Byers just tuned in because he said, quote, talking about how an opposing coach celebrates instead of what's going on with the team in the game is such a media thing to do. Uh, he must have just tuned in because we broke down the first whole part of the game early on, and uh, this is how, how we were kind of transitioning off the actual game analysis. We were talking about what happened after the game, Johnny. So, uh, Johnny Utep, that's uh, that's where we went off there. Uh, let's go to Ronnie next on the program, 915-505-6009. Ronnie, what's going on? Good afternoon, my friend. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, we're doing fine, Ronnie. Uh, what would you think of this game? Rice defeats Utep in the closing seconds. UTEP has not won one single game this season where their opponent has scored 70 or more points. That's a fact. South, you can go ahead and check that. Um, with that being said, yep. I'm going to say that this. Stat. That's I a love, bad stat. I love Golding, and I love everything that Golding does, but I will say this. you got to switch the lineup, and here's what I mean. Last year, Golding was switching that lineup looking for answers. If he simply, it'd be 
Agnew, it'd be Bonky. I mean, when things were more right, he was quick to make a switch. So here's what here's what needs to happen for them to win games. You don't need a six man on this team because you don't even got five deep guys that can score the basketball. Teams that are scoring the basketball at a high rate have to define the six man role. So what you got to do is you got to put McKinney into the lineup with four guards and you take out uh, Enrique. Uh, um, you know the the how, how do you say the kid's name? I don't want to butcher his name. Are, are um, you wait? Are you talking? You're not talking about um, Givens, right? No, 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 no. You're going to take out one of the bigs. You're going to take out either. Oh, uh, Big okay. Z, so, so Zarek Oyema. You're going to, yeah. Right. You're going to take out Oyema or uh, who's the kid that plays next to him? Uh, I don't yeah, want to put his name. Um, right. Uh, Frazier. You're going to take out one of those two kids out of the lineup, and they're going to go. Gotcha. They're going to put McKinney into the lineup. Those guys. I love Z and what he's did. It's been a great feel-good story. But on the season, once again, these are facts. He's averaging a whopping four and a half rebounds, so as big as he is. Frazier, as big as he is, is averaging three point six. You know, McKinney's doing 10 and 4. He brings you energy. Like, like I said again, you don't need a sixth man on this team because you're not the Brooklyn Nets where you're so deep and the ball's got to be in guys' hands. You're searching for an answer. So you might as well just insert a high energy guard who's a two way player that's giving you a good level of productivity and take out one of those bigs and go smaller. If you think I'm crazy, what did Rice do today? They played with four guards and Max. They, won, they, they swept the minors. That's their play style. Four guards and one, one talented big. That's their play style. Um, and I think that Goldie has to look to go to that with this team because if you're, like I said, I called you guys after the first uh, Mexico State game when the Aggies uh, lost. Everybody was all high and mighty. I said, if you think you're going to beat teams and hold them to under 70 points in Division One college basketball, night in and night out, you're dreaming, man. It's just not happening. These kids are way more skilled, way more talented than they were 5, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I get the Miners play great defense, but do they really? Because if you look at the Miners' last games, man, they're letting dudes get loose. You know, because it, it just happens. Like, it's hard to you – know, this is a football you can just run between the tackles all night. You know, eventually you got to pass it down the field. The same thing in basketball. Eventually kids are going to hit threes, they're going to get open for transition, you're not going to be able to just box people in all night and make them play a sloppy game. And once again, I go back to the stats. The Miners have not won a game where the opponent has scored 70 or more points. Like, so all you got to do is look at the stats. And the stats will tell you what you got to do. There has to be an adjustment to the lineup to get a more um, uh, even – lineup is, is as far as creating an advantage because you're trying to play a traditional lineup with two guards and three forwards, but it's just not working, right? Like, you're, like you're, you're, you're literally in the bottom of the league with UTSA, so what, what are we talking about? It's just not working. And if we're going to sit here and try to convince ourselves, well, the Miners play good against Texas, that doesn't matter, man. That doesn't matter. Oh, the Miners are close to UAB? Once again, that doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is they're freaking, what, two and four in league play, and they're getting ready to play a gauntlet of teams who know how to score the basketball. And I feel bad for the Miners because Commerce USA needs to get their shit together. You're going to tell the Miners to get on a flight tonight or tomorrow to fly to Charlotte and play Monday? Are you kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous, man. Like, have some pride in your yeah. league. I wonder teams are faulting left and right. Have some pride in your hey. league. So the Miners got to go from Houston all the way to Charlotte in a short turnaround. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I totally – I hear where you're coming from, Ronnie, and I appreciate the phone call. Uh, I want to talk two points that you brought up specifically. And, I get, and first off, I really appreciate uh, the fiery response – um, to, to your last point, Conference USA's scheduling was a joke. Uh, UTEP, in, in this stretch right here, they had to play one, two, three, four, five games in 10 days. 
five games in ten days right there, Ronnie. So you, you see the kind of scheduling that Conference USA is doing. And uh, I'm totally with you, man. Rice and then going all the way to Charlotte. I'll give you a, another one here. Um, this is something that Florida Atlantic has to do this upcoming week. On the road to UT, uh, Western Kentucky, on the road to UTSA, then to UTEP, and then back home against Middle Tennessee. That's a two-week stretch for Florida Atlantic, which is, by the way, the best team in Conference USA. Uh, CUSA does no favors to anybody out there in the league, uh, and that's that's what this um, you know that's what this conference really is about, unfortunately. Um, and uh, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying there, but I want to get to two points that you mentioned. First off, the Mario McKinney into the starting role or just playing more minutes uh, in general. Um, I mentioned this last week on Minor Talk. I'll bring Sal back to talk about this. The most efficient lineup that is recorded uh, statistically for the Miners is this following lineup here. Quote, it's going to be the point guard spot, Shamar Givens, the shooting guard spot, Mario McKinney, Tay Hardy playing that small forward role, going small and having six foot six Otis Frazier take up that forward spot and then run Calvin Solomon as that center. Again, small, six seven Calvin Solomon occupying the center spot, but taking more of a small approach with your lineup. And again, that's uh you know when UTEP breaks it down, that's their most efficient lineup. Now the lineup UTEP uses the most is their starting lineup, which we know Shamar Givens, Tay Hardy, Otis. Frazier, Calvin Solomon, Zarek Onyema. You leave Mario McKinney out of that mix and you have him come off the bench. I don't know if there's like a pack going on as far as McKinney wanting to be like sixth man of the year, um, but also I don't know if the coaching staff even feels like it matters or not. Um, but I think it's an interesting point right there. Uh, before I get to my second point that I wanted to bring up that Ronnie uh, talked about, what do you think about that, Sal? We talked about yeah. it last game. Do, do you feel any different after this game? You know what? I think McKinney needs to be in the starting lineup, and I've said that early on in the year because the the argument that people will will bring up is, well, McKinney could provide that spark off the bench. Well, that's the consistent spark, but when we talk about a regular spark, there's no regular spark, so why not get, get it going out the gates with Mario McKinney? That's what I think. Obviously, I'm no coach, but the offense seems to be a bit more fluid when he's out there. I think so too. I mean, he creates more. He has. He does winning plays. Um, you you saw him in the last part of that game. It's hard. You, you we're talking awards later on in the show. Hot hand brought to you by Win Supply El Paso, player of the game, thanks to Keith Southwest. When we talk about the awards in this one, it's actually really hard because UTEP had you know Hardy make those late buckets. Shamar Givens put up a double double with 16 points, 10 assists. But Mario McKinney was one of the most uh, electric players down the stretch because he was making bucket after bucket, and uh, it seemed like every time UTEP needed a layup, uh, McKinney could drive to the hoop like nothing. He had a beautiful Euro, yeah. Euro step. Um, I was just Im- Im- really impressed with Mario McKinney week after week. I don't know if he's built to be a difference-making player like maybe a Sule Boom, but he's still an impactful player that probably deserves more playing time or maybe more of a focal point on this team. I, I don't know what you think there, Sal. Yeah, he- he's got to be more of a, of a focal point on the offense because naturally, right, when he's out there, the game just flows so much better on offense with Mario McKinney out there. And what's one of the biggest struggles for the Miners this season? It's been offense, so I think uh, I don't know if it's the complete antidote because it's a full team, right? But he is somebody who can make a big, big difference if he's just out there more often. 
Uh, well, the other point I wanted to bring up on Ronnie's uh, phone call is UTEP is 0-6 when they allow 70 or more points right there. Uh, Sal, you're the stat guy. That's one of those <laughs> numbers right there. That, uh, you, you know, it, it's it just it's not surprising. It, it's not. People get no. maybe surprised by that, but we've known that all year long. UTEP has to win games where they play within the 50s and 60s. That's when they win games. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'll, I'll take a no, most definitely. Uh, yeah, I got you. So I know you're, you're answering yeah, one phone second. Calls. Let's uh, let's go back to Twitter right here. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, this coming from Travis Allen Fortune. Embarrassing how badly Rice beat us off the dribble. Yeah, some of those defensive possessions were rough, man. I, I completely agree with you there, uh, Travis. Abel Me- uh, Mendez tweets the show, UTEP men's basketball needs to learn how to win these close games. Re- record should be much better than it is. Hashtag free throws. Uh, Michael James tweets the show, 30-16 and 16 all time. First time that Rice swept UTEP since 2012. What the bleep are you talking about? Ugh, man. Uh, this coming in from David Corral Jr. As former head coach Tony Barbie used to say, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> nice. um, Jonathan U- uh, Jonathan Byers, uh, Johnny Utep tweets the show, Utep made four of 18 three-point shots against Rice today. You turn a few of those bricks into two points via layups and post shots, mid-range shots, then Utep wins this game. Um you know, Johnny, I, I hear where you're coming from on that fr- frustration. I can't even argue with you there, man. Uh, the the three-point volume, they're going to commit to it. It's like we say on this show time and time again, teams will live and die by the three. UTEP shooting 22% from beyond the arc today, just continuing to shoot those attempts. I guess that's the knock you can have on guys like McKinney and Givens. Uh, both those guys were a combined 0 for 7. When you throw Otis Frazier in the mix, 0 for 8. Uh, between those three players beyond the arc. And that's not good. you got to get some better perimeter shooting uh, with this team, and it can't just be from Tay Hardy, who hit all four of them. He was the only one hitting three-pointers today, Sal. Uh, that's that's a really uh, bad stat right there when you look at their three-point yeah. shooting. And and it's, it's good because he made just around half or just under half, but it's bad when he put up nine shots, right? So that, that lets you know that the ball had to be in his hands um, at that point, essentially, for the shots to go in from beyond the arc. So that, that's the frustrating part, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. I, I know that there was a couple of, uh, of missed layups, just gimmies, and even Ty said it on there. He's like, what? That was a puppy. How could they miss that one? I can't remember who it was that had missed it, but uh, there was a lot of missed opportunities so we could kind of say, if they would have did this or if they would have made this shot, it could be a totally different game. But uh, that's just the way that it works out sometimes. you you got to take advantage of opportunities. And what separates um, could be good teams from good and great teams is that the, the great teams are always going to cash in on those opportunities. Good teams will do it majority of the times. The could be good teams it's kind of like 50 50 it's 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 iffy if they cash in cool if not you're likely going to lose the game and that's kind of where utep is at right now well they won those tight games earlier in the year in the jim forbes classic but uh right now when it really matters again you know going back to ronnie's call people citing the texas game that game does not matter i agree with him as well um you you cite games that matters these games right here conference usa games really matter for the miners and for some reason they're just not eking out these wins rice defeats utep 83 82 we're presented by the oscar arieta agency let's get back to the phone lines right now welcome on one of our regulars hey 
thing. Uh, Hunter heard Ronnie call in, so he had to call in as well and get in on this. Hunter, welcome back to the show. What's going on? Man, not a whole lot, man. How you guys doing? Long time no talk, Hunter. It's great to hear from you. What do you think of this game? You know, man, I got blood pressure problems already. I've noticed any time I care too much or go, it doesn't help. So I, the key well, then to how it are is you not calling today? Today was the most uh, heart-wrenching type of game. You know, but when you don't have expectations, it doesn't make it as bad. You know what I mean? When you kind of ah, I see what you're saying. It, I like it. I like it. Same old, same old. Well, there's no surprise. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, and, like, everybody's got different points. So they make their... They make a couple layups instead of threes. You gotta, you gotta hit open jump shots. You have to spread that defense out to them. It just comes out to, to hitting some shots. Or if they would have just done this, or they would have just done that. Bottom line is winners win and losers lose, and they're not winners. That's it. This is the bottom line. Just winners will always find a way to win, and losers will always find a way to lose. So right now, it is what it is. They're just losers. And it's not a knock on Golding or the player. They're just, they're just not winning ball. And, um, you know, as far as the uh, Rice coach, I was looking forward to this rematch just because of what happened in El Paso. And, uh, you know, they, they won. They, they, they put it on the court. He can do whatever he wants after they win the game. Who cares what they do? It's not on us or on Golding. or He can be as mad as he wants. Put it out on the court. Beat them then. If you're that angry, beat them. But until that, we've got to keep our mouths shut, stay humble, and just keep working. Uh, you know, I think the bottom line with this team is Golding. I still, he's a great coach, great motivator. I don't think he's got the horses. He's just, uh, you know, we question this recruiting class coming in in the season, and I think it's just showing to be uh, what it is, a subpar recruiting class. I mean, no doubt he can't recruit at the level that Terry did or or maybe even that uh, Floyd did, as weird as that sounds. But uh, huh. I was hoping he, I was hoping he could at least recruit for the conference because – it, it, the the saddest thing for me is it, we're, we're so far detached from the good years of UTEP basketball. Uh, these teams are not good. It's not a good conference, and they can't win in it. I think that's the saddest part is, is it is not the level that it used to be. If they were playing in a tough conference and tough teams game in and game out, okay, it's a down year when you can't beat them. But when you're against bad opponents and not winning, that's the uh, that's the hardest part. So I think the only hope for the program moving forward is, uh, and I think it's going to become a better basketball conference. Anytime you got MSU and uh, Liberty coming in, that's a good basketball conference with who they kept also. Uh, he's just got to recruit better talent. Th- these guys just don't do it. They- this might be the lowest IQ and the dumbest basketball team I've seen here in a while. There- it's clear he gets everything out of them. He, uh, they do what he wants. He coaches them up. He's getting everything possible. They're, they're just not a smart team. If you could keep um, maybe two, no, no, no. If you let's be realistic, if you can keep five players on this team, who would they be? Well, I mean, they're they're they're, they're best players, and and maybe not athletic because McKinney is the, the most talented, but he, he also I don't think the, the smartest out there. Uh, Shamar Givens, uh, he, he's he's a, he's a legitimate baller. He's just undersized. Uh, I, I really like what I've seen in flashes from Otis Frazier. He looks like a ball player. Me too. He I like him a lot. Doesn't get, he doesn't get after it enough. You know, it's in spurts. It's not constant. Like, that guy, I mean, he'll pull out a move or two, and it's like, man, that guy can play some ball. And he doesn't need to be told what position to stand in, like Kalu and Zarek need to do. You know, 
then you can tell it's all what, where the coaches tell them to stand, how, what footwork they've been taught. It, it's not instinctual for them yet. It's awkward still. And I like both of them. Uh, they bring a toughness, but it's awkward for them. So Samar and um, Otis are probably the only true just, just ballers on, 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 the, on the court. And, uh, and then maybe you throw in Hardy, but sometimes he disappears too. But other than that, uh, there's just not a whole lot to work with. I hear you, Hunter. I, I'm, this is my only thing with the recruiting thought, okay? There's no excuse with what happened this past year in recruiting, right? I'm not trying to give any excuse because it just is what it is. Can't change what happened last year. But there are two hopes for the future. Number one, only one year in in terms of a full year of recruiting, okay? So Golding, maybe he scraps his initial plan and completely uh, rede- rediscovers what he does as a recruiter and maybe even brings somebody in on the outside. Who knows? I'm all, all speculation right there. But number two, and this is probably the bigger point of all this, UTEP established an NIL collective this, this fall. That's guaranteed money for some of these players if that ends up coming into fruition and, and is sustained through uh, Golding's tenure um, and just you know sustained at the UTEP basketball program for years to come. When you have that NI, those NIL dollars, you look across this league in Conference USA, which you're down on, and, and you said, you know, this is a this is a league right now that you're not excited about when you compare um, competition in years past. I would look at this league right now and say, sure, I, I hear what you're saying. However, there are still teams in this conference that are spending money on players that have NIL collectives that are already established and that have recruited big top level talent. UAB got a got one of the best players. Um, out of the Power 5 ranks in Eric Gaines. I mean, Jordan Walker could have gone any Power 5 school from UAB and said he chooses to stay with the Blazers. Uh, Kobe Williams from La Tech, same thing, could have gone wherever he wanted, ends up sticking with the Bulldogs. But point is, the fact that UTEP's got that NIL collective makes me hopeful for the future, that they could at least get uh, some better talent than maybe that they currently have. Well, there's no doubt. I'm not saying there's no hope for the future. It's just pointing out the obvious. This team is not the future in any way. And if it is, it's going to be more of the same next year. Uh, it is. I like Solomon's hustle, and he, he kind of reminds me of a Dennis Rodman just getting into all kinds of different things, but he's not a smart ball player. Yeah. Uh, so it's just they're, they're limited. And, you know, Golden, uh, to get them to compete at UAB and get them to compete at Texas, I mean, the guy's a heck of a coach, but he, he's just going to have to pick up the recruiting for next year. Uh, it, it's not going to cut it, and it is going to be a different team because that, that's the, the new norm in college basketball. and Whatever it is, the NILs, whatever it is, it's got to pick up. And if it doesn't, it's going to be more of the same. I'm not going to give up watching this team. You know, I, I, I don't blame the players at all. They're, they're leaving it all out there. I hope they get a couple lucky bounces. I didn't like what Golding had to say, that things aren't going their way. I don't believe in luck. Uh, you make your own luck. You make your own fortune, and you're not getting things that go your way. It, it's not just, oh, whoever won was lucky. I, I don't buy that. So that was kind of odd to hear from them. They they went on that 13-0 run where they were on that scoring drought. That's on them. Uh, free throw shooting. Yep. That's on them. So, you know, hopefully they bring in some better players, but, you know, I hope people aren't giving up as far as the coaching. Okay. I got you, Hunter. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Always great talking to you. Have a great rest of your weekend, man. Uh, let's keep it moving. Rice defeats UTEP 83-82. Our telephone number 915-505-6009. Sal, I'll send it back to you. Your thoughts on Hunter's call uh, as a whole. 
Yeah, I, I think he hit on the the recruiting part. Um, obviously, still uh, still early in the tenure, so want to get guys that that you want, so to speak. And and, and that that was worded a little bit poorly because everybody that you recruit recruit obviously you want, but um, trying to get those those guys on the first go round, right? Instead of having to to go down the ranks, um, I, I think that's kind of what maybe he was alluding to. Um, as far as the talent goes, we, we can see a little bit of the disparity from from you know UTEP and the top teams of the Conference USA, but the way that they play, they're going to have a chance to be in these games. And ultimately, if that's what you can do, if you could give your team a chance, night in and night out, whether you win or lose, obviously you want to win, but if you could give yourself a chance, um, that's uh, that's number one. That's the priority. After that, that's when the nitpicking comes in. So that's kind of what we're doing here is they would have made a bit more free throws if they would have you know, made this layup or, or gotten that steal or whatever the case is. That's kind of where we're at. But the point is, is that they're they're in that area of of where they can kind of, um, you know, get on the surface to to be one of the uh, more respectable teams in conference. You would say they just they got to win more consistently. But this stretch of games is frustrating as it is. And of course, albeit they're all, um, you know, losses, so to speak, with the exception of UTSA. Um, that's kind of where where fans are upset because they want to win those games. But who knows what it's going to be like down the stretch or in round two of some of these other matchups. We know this was round two against Rice, but next time they play UAB, next time they go up against, um, I'm trying to think of, of another team that they went up against earlier. Um, you know, when they when they take on North Texas out of those two games, how's that going to fare? So it, it all depends yeah. here. Obviously, next month they could be fixing some of these things, and it's a whole other story. So it, it's a long season. Don't don't forget that Conference USA is still a one bid league, so they they don't have to do amazing right now. They they do have to turn the corner though. Good thing is that they still have the second half of the season uh, to try and right that ship. And uh, just to one last point on recruiting, it benefits UTEP in a big way to close out this season strong because you want momentum going into the offseason, whether you try to keep some of these yeah. players and get momentum of making them excited to stay with the minors or if you uh, try to get some new players and get them excited about the product that you're putting on the court. So that's that's another thing yeah, as well. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Yeah, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue. Uh, Bryce Chauvin, let's go to Twitter, and a uh, lot, of, lot of tweets to get to. Uh, Bryce Chauvin tweets the show, Rice is head and shoulders better than UTEP. U- UTEP wouldn't beat them if they played 10 times. Rice can score, UTEP can't. UTEP needs to recruit some damn sharpshooters. Defense my ass, <laughs> says Bryce. Oh, my gosh. Um... <laughs> this one coming in right now from Minor Joe. It'll turn around, Coach. Toughness and grit will eventually get you over the hump. A little luck doesn't hurt either, which we are not getting any of. Uh, that's true, Sal. I mean, when you're talking about lucky plays and lucky bounces, it's just not just not going well, UTEP's way, right? It, it- in a way, but it, I, I kind of uh, agree with what uh, with what Hunter said right now. Is um, you know, you create your own luck. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's you, you, right. You can't rely on luck to get you through. You got to do what you can do. And if luck goes your way, then it goes your way. But to say luck is the reason that you're not winning games or whatever, I, I don't think that's that's right at all because you're comparing one instance to basically 40 minutes of, of basketball, um, you know, on the other end. So no, I think you do create your own luck. Obviously, teams can get lucky. That Don't get me wrong. And, and, well said. And yeah. if you benefit from it, good for you. But you can't rely on luck to win at all. You got to win the game yourself. 
Well said, Sal. I, I agree. I, I hear what you're saying there. You turned me. You switched me over. Not nece- not necessarily luck. I agree <laughs> with what you said. I agree with what Hunter said. You create your luck. You you don't get in those situations where you let Rice get on a 13-0 run. That's not luck right there. That's you know that's on the players, and that's allowing them back in the contest when UTEP had control in this game. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. Sleepy Kev. Uh, Kevin tweets the show, can't believe I'm going to say this, but is it football season yet? Asking for a few friends, hashtag minor talk. Oh, man. Oh, Sal. How the, what, what did Michael no. Scott say? How the turntables? Oh, no. I don't even want to go there. No, I'm happy it's basketball season. Let's keep it basketball season for months. I'm good with this. Uh, Tristan Pence tweets the show, UTEP lost this game because of a 13-0 run by Rice in the second half. These scoring runs against UTEP have been a problem the past two seasons. Coach Golding has to do a better job of ending these scoring streaks by their opponents. Hashtag minor talk. Well, how do you how do you end that as a, as a coach? Do you do you uh, call a timeout? Do you, as soon as a, an opposing team goes on maybe like a 6-0 run 7-0 run you quickly call that timeout right there or do you let your team kind of battle out of it I, it's kind of an interesting connection yeah. which I've seen Golden go both ways on I, I guess maybe in those cases if you're a coach is the right thing to just stick to a game plan and never deviate from it like if you okay let's say you're the coach who's going to call a timeout no matter what on early runs then you then you have to be consistent making that timeout call uh, night in night out versus on the flip side if you talk about uh, you know, talk, if you talk about a uh, a coach uh, call, waiting waiting it out and actually allowing his players to go ahead and uh, you know play the game out, that that could be a little different than what we uh, what we've seen. What what's your preference, Sal? Uh, you know what? I I think it's based off of um what feels right in that moment. Uh, because not okay, every so you situation. Okay, like the like game in game out. Um, you, you you'd say, hey, it's all about every single game and ga- and like kind of your feel as a coach. But, yeah, get the feel of the team, right? If 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 guys seem out of it, obviously call time out, get them back into it. But if and we just talked about luck, right? If the ball just isn't bouncing your way, but you could tell that the effort's there and they're locked in, it's just not being favorable at the moment. If you want to call a timeout just to say, hey, uh, you know, kind of like a, 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 a pep talk, so to speak, that's fine. But if you trust in them that they can that they can claw out of it because of the body language, because of the effort, then then why not keep that going? So I, I think it just depends on, on what is the feel in that moment because it's not always going to be the same. However, with the scoring droughts, that's that's definitely a problem that does have to get fixed. But we've seen it, right, time in and time out where these scoring droughts are happening, but there's no response yet. So at this point in time, I would probably say call the timeout and um, see what else can be done. I know they've called some timeouts and it hasn't remedied it. But beyond that, though, who knows what the solution is? However, try to get them you know, to, to get back into the game at that moment in time. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there, Sal. Totally understand that. I like that philosophy. Uh, Joe Chacon tweeting the show. Someone change the record, please. Get ahead and stay there. Don't let a team make a 13-0 run and then expect to win. This team continues to give a, find a way to give it away. The post-game interview with Coach Joe Golding led me to think that he knows this year might be a wash. Frustration is a part of being a minor fan. I just wish disappointment wasn't a part of that. Let's hopefully take one from Charlotte and get in a run. Otherwise, it might be time to look toward next year. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Hashtag Minor Inc. Crew. 
from Joe Chacone. Um, interesting points right there, and I would say Joe uh, Golding does not think this year is a wash. If you if you probably talked to him behind closed doors, he's not thinking that way. He wants to win. He's a passionate guy about and you winning. You can't he's think not that count. way. Yeah. yeah, you can't think that way as a coach. Sal, come on, man. At this point, this is where they can maybe turn the corner and at least put a, together a run like he's saying. Even if they don't win out this weekend, it's not some – place where you uh, uh, press a panic button and say, hey, this year is a wash. I I still think that, again, even if you're at the bottom of the conference, there's a lot to play for in the entire month of February, the rest of January, and uh, try to upset some of the top of this conference. Yeah, and it could be a completely um, different feel for the team at that point in time when, when we get there, depending on, you know, maybe they're trending in the right direction. Maybe now they're starting to make their free throws at a higher clip. Maybe they're at 60% from the free throw line like they were today. If they do that, they're going to have a much better chance to win, and they had that today. It was it was a buzzer beater, though, by Rice that, that really uh, did them in in that scoring drought. So there, there's bits and pieces that you could say, hey, if they just tweak this, and become just a little bit better at that, we could be looking at a lot of those losses that happened recently as wins. So uh, do with that what you will. Hey, uh, let's go back to the phone lines right now. Our telephone number, oh, we just lost Sarah right now. I was going to say, we've got three, we had three of our most knowledgeable UTEP fans, uh, or some of our most knowledgeable UTEP fans, back-to-back-to-back, Adam, uh, uh, Ronnie, and Hunter. And then um, Sarah, who is very knowledgeable as well, she could have added, and we could have gone, you know, for people who follow this team like uh, minor diehards, uh, I was looking forward to Sarah's call. So, Sarah, give us a call back. Give us us a call back at 915-505-6009. We definitely want to hear from you. We'll we'll get you on quicker this time. My bad on that. Uh, Jonathan Byers tweets the show, uh, a series of tweets. Let's be honest. UTEP's starting lineup will always be small until or unless they have Derek Hamilton on the court because Zarek Onyema is 6'8 and Kevin Kalu is 6'9. That's small for a big a big man. Okay, um, sorry, Jonathan Byers. My, um, my, my jargon, my basketball jargon, when I was saying a big man, I, I could that could mean a forward or a center. Okay, so when you're so that's like the basketball jargon right there. Uh, that's what I was trying to reference. Zarek Onyema, yeah, he might be six foot nine, but he still plays center. He does not play forward. He is not a stretch forward. He does not shoot in the perimeter, um, but he plays and he bangs down low, and that's where he's most effective, aka making him a center. Same with Kevin Kalu. He's not a forward. He is not somebody who can stretch. Who can play on the perimeter or anything like that. You can see that from Calvin Solomon. You can see that from guys like Jonathan Dos Anjos and even guys like uh, uh, Otis Frazier. They can play that stretch four, combo four, that combo four or five hybrid. And uh, when you have a big man, you relinquish. When, when you ha- when you go small ball with UTEP and have Calvin Solomon play the five, you relinquish the starting center, that uh, I guess traditional starting center, and you go with more of a hybrid uh, four or five forward who can stretch the floor a little bit more. Does that make sense, Sal? Is, yeah. Am I explaining that right? No, yeah. In reality, you're just referring to the position itself, not the not yeah. the player, uh, so to speak. And, and also, too, in terms of, like, traditional basketball, like the, the game's 
so much more different now. Guys are doing things like if Naismith saw what was going on today, he'd be like, this position was not intended for that, <laughs> basically. Um, he's like, why are there nets? Why, why are there not peach baskets out there? But uh, no, in all seriousness, man, um, no, it's it's just a different day and age. And, and even then, two coaches are, are tweaking things around a lot more, and they're going to do what gives them the best chance to win. It's, it's not so much a, a, a set-in-stone way to play basketball. And if, if there is a set-in-stone way to play basketball I guess that idea would be use the lineup that gives you the best chance to win and that that could be it yeah I I, I hear I hear you going on that Sal uh, our telephone number again 915-505-6009 uh, that's the way to get into to minor talk we're presented by the Oscar ID at the agency uh, let's do this what we're going to do right now is we're going to take our final timeout. when we come back we're going to get out to our hot hand of the game which is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso and then we'll close it out with our player of the game thanks to Keith Southwest after that we'll look ahead to Charlotte Miners take on the 49ers on Monday and uh We'll put a bow to this one. We'll put it, we'll put this one to rest. Rice defeats UTEP 83-82. If you have a late phone call that you want to duck in, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We have plenty of time to take your phone calls. We could definitely do so right now at 915-505-6009. Minor Talk continues after this right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Final segment here of Minor Talk. Rice defeats UTEP 83-82. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. If you want to duck in a late call, now is definitely the time to do it. 915-505-6009. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Awards coming up next, along with the preview to Charlotte. Let's go out to Tom right now, who's joining us next on the phone lines right now. Our telephone number again, 915-505-6009. Tom, good afternoon. What's going on? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking my call and it was late in the show. Um, you know, I, I went to see this team play UTEP's team against NMSU up in the Pan Am center. And, uh, it was a rough night for UTEP and, um, for Joe Golding. And, uh, you know, I really didn't know what I was watching. I, I've seen UTEP since, uh, basically 1986, since I came to El Paso. And I really wasn't sure what I was watching. Everybody's been hyping up Joe, but I went to the game against, uh, against, um, UTSA, and I saw a totally different team against UTSA, and I I listened to a totally different team again today. I think this team has the opportunity to turn the corner. They have the athletes to do what they need to do. I know the shooting really is not there, but if they can get their defense to the intensity level that a team like Texas Tech a couple years ago, when, when the Texas Tech team went to the final against Virginia, that team, if you want to see how defense is played in college basketball, look at the look at the uh, video of that team playing. If UTEP can turn up the dial on the defense, they put up 82 points today. That's that's what they need to do. They just the rebounding's there, the steals are certainly there. They've got some incredible athletes. So it's a matter of them just dialing up the defense and being aware of, of the situation in particular parts of the game and Golding will figure that out with his, with his lineup. And then the other thing is you got three players on this team that are from one's from Canada, one's from Brazil and the other right. one's from like Venezuela or somewhere like that. That's right. I mean, three we, international we players. Give, we got to give these time, these players just a little bit of time to get the gel. They need the gel, but they, but there's no excuse for lack of defense and missed blocking out assignments for rebounding. Defense and rebounding will will get you through games when you don't shoot well. 
And I think uh, he knows that. I mean, the coach knows that. He's really good. So I think people ought to ought to realize that this team, um, all these close wins, and I think I think it's across the board in the conference. I think the conference is just really kind of tight this year in terms of talent. It's been a lot of close close games. So those are my thoughts. I'd like to see what you guys hey, think. Hey, great stuff. Great stuff, Tom. Really appreciate it. You're a very knowledgeable minor fan. You're you're joining the the uh, the group of of very very knowledgeable uh, minor fans who are calling in on this show. I have uh, a lot of points on what you just said right there. First off, I want to talk about the defense. Um, as far as the defense, in my opinion, it's that transition defense. It's just the effort defense after scoring a bucket. And maybe UTEP leaves themselves a little exposed after they score a bucket. Maybe they even get a little excited um, because you know possessions where the miners actually score points offensively are are tough to come by at times especially in you know tough stretches like we saw today in that 5 minute scoring rut where UTEP could not get a point under their belt um and then to to your other point on the international players i think that's a great point i also think you know you, you look at that stat, the minutes continuity stat, which Ken Palm is uh, recording this year, and it just says how much of the continuity do you have from your minutes last year that you're bringing into this year? Remember we cited the Owls of Rice uh, being in the top 130s in minutes continuity? Well, UTEP is 337 in the country in minutes continuity. That's, I mean, what, bottom third of com- of, of the entire nation? Um, they don't have anybody returning except for Jamari Sibley, who's been absent over the last, uh, I mean, over the, probably this whole season. Let's be, let's be real and let's, let's be a little fair on that. Very talented player just kind of disappears in stretches. Um, Kevin Kalu, returning player as well, who needs more time, needs more playing experience. And Zarek Onyema, who's trying to get to, to his point as well and get more experience under his belt. So, point is, um, those guys are the returning players, but they also have to develop cohesion and chemistry with the new guys, and uh, I get it. I I hear where Tom is coming from, that it does take time. I will say that, you know, going back to his point, there are no excuses as far as where this team is at and how, you know, they've been in these tight game situations, but just can't pull them off, and I think that's the, the next step for UTEP, is how do they get to that point where they can actually turn the corner and win some of these tight games, Sal, and um, they just yeah. have not found out that recipe right there. Yeah, and it's tough because um, we've seen it a variety of ways. Today was the, the heartbreaking way. Um, but but also, too, they strayed away from what their identity is, which is defense. Uh, and Rice did what they normally do, and that's get around 80 points or so. That That's not the Miners' game plan. They, they want to stick in that 60 or so range. Yeah, I, I hear you on that one there. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, is uh, we still got more callers to get to. Uh, Jonathan Byers tweets the show, I want UTEP to keep Tay Hardy, Otis Frazier, Jonathan Dosanjos, Mario McKinney, uh, Calvin Solomon, Zarek Onyema, and Jamal Sumlin. Get rid of everyone else. That's coming from Johnny UTEP right there. Let's go back to the phones right now. Sarah is joining us next. Uh, she is back with us after we, we – briefly lost her but now we have her on the show sarah uh, rice wins in a tight game on a off a buzzer beater by travis evie give me your thoughts on this one well i'm i'm in the grocery store that's where i lost you earlier <laughs> but I, oh, I, I okay I okay really no worries good, um, <laughs> you're you're just a passionate I, I minor fan sarah. Earbuds, so i'm going back and forth to the speaker um but i just wanted to say that I felt like it was a, a good game, and, and I don't understand why the people are just turning against them. Come on, they led 
they led almost 100% of the first half of the game. <laughs> and um, what, what, I'm, what I'm taking, and as far as my notes, what I'm seeing is that we, the guy who just called before the, the, the last caller basically hit the nose when he talked about blocking out on defense. Um, they got so many easy layups, you know, um, some of ours didn't fall, you know, but McKinney did a great job getting on the inside. I thought Shamar did a great job getting on the inside. Um, but, um, I, and, and beginning of the season, I know everybody was talking about, we're not feeding our bigs. Um, I'm not, I'm not totally impressed with the bigs right now. Um, so, okay. I, I don't know. I just feel like we got to learn how to move that ball around a little better. Um, and we got to block out on it. We can't let them get offensive rebounds like this. Um, yeah, I hear you on that. The second chance points kill you, Ted. Yeah. yeah. But that's, well, that's pretty much all I had to say. And I, and I, have, to, I have to give Tay Hardy a, a huge hug for making those last two free throws. <laughs> He had iron in his blood when he went to the line, and he made those two free throws. And and I understand. <clears throat> now I can't hear what you're saying, so. But um, if you're saying anything, but um, I do understand why the guys were scared to play press real hard defense on that last shot because of what we've been going through with that three pointer. And oh, that's a good point. Hey, um, uh, and Sarah, thank you so much corner. for the phone call here on the show. I really appreciate it and really loved your takes here on today. Uh, Rice defeats UTEP 83-82. If you, if you have a uh, late phone call, give us a call. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. But I, I really like what you know. You, you, uh, Sarah mentioned there down the stretch. Um, first off, got to give a lot of credit to Tay Hardy, right? 20 points to close out this game, led the minors, 6 of 13 from the floor, made UTEP's only four four, uh, three-pointers, and that was the only ones for the game. And then he also uh, made those ice free throws to ice the game as well. So, you know, you got to give him a a ton of credit for this one. It was a a strong performance by Tay Hardy. And uh, Sal, it's just about staying in front of that defender, um, when you're, yeah. you know, when you're, you're uh, on defense and just about staying in front of that player, so you can actually make a play on defense to stop those driving layups. Yeah, because that's that's ultimately um, how the game was won. That final shot at the end of the game, and and it's tough, right? Because it's it's such a roller coaster of emotions. There was like fifty different feelings in the final five seconds or so. Minus right. the free throws, they go up, and uh, well, well, they have to hit a free throw to tie the game. That's number one, and then they got to hit the free throw to go up. And once that was in, it's like, all right, th- this is a defensive team. They have it, but Evie just um, you know bolting down the end, and, and it wasn't like lightning quick, but it was like a like a, a motion type of quick. I don't even know how to explain it. Just the way that he he like glided or floated, um, you know, down the um down the floor to get that shot was was amazing. So. It's a, it's a right. lot of emotions to pack in, but I think when um w- with Sarah's point, how she mentioned the the blocking out, uh, the miners did out rebound them, but it was only by three, and there were some instances where they were crucial rebounds, and and I think that's what she was alluding to as as far as 
out-rebounding and getting that ball and giving yourself a chance. It's those those have-to-have type of rebounds, and, and that's what Rice did today. They, they got those more than the Miners got them throughout the game. Even though the Miners had three more total rebounds, the, the Rice got those, those crucial type of rebounds uh, more so throughout the game, and, and that's another part as well. Uh, as we turn the page and look over to uh, Monday's game, it's against Charlotte. I hate the travel for UTEP. Uh, Charlotte gets to host uh, well, they hosted uh, UTSA today and beat them 72-54. to Wow, just dismantled the Roadrunners at home. And then they play the Miners on a quick turnaround Monday. For the Miners, they have to fly from Houston to Charlotte. Uh, and that's not a great turnaround for the Miners right there. Also, it's an afternoon tip-off, so we'll have all the coverage for you. One thirty countdown to tip-off, and then 2 o'clock uh, tip-off for that one. UTEP and Charlotte tipping off Monday. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, Sal. Charlotte is 12-5 and on the year. They dropped two games last week against FIU and FAU, but uh, that does not mean anything knowing that this team is playing the way that they are. They have the record that they do, and uh, you know the Miners have uh, not necessarily played the best basketball as of late. Yeah, they, they have not. Um, and then for Charlotte, too, kind of looking back at it, um, about 500 basketballers. So um, going into Conference USA play, and I'm trying to find their first conference game. Um, it was against the UAB. So basically, um, since they they were red hot entering Conference USA play, see one, two, three, four, uh, about a five-game winning streak, so to speak. And they started right. the season on a four-game win streak. Uh, so this lets you know that Charlotte is a team who can catch fire at any point throughout the season. Um, will this be kind of that that part for Charlotte to, to kind of get on on that, um, that type of hot streak? Because they'll have UTEP, Middle Tennessee, Western, Rice, and then a Florida International. So that, that'll – Florida International, of course, um, and Florida at Atlantic, probably two of the uh, tougher teams along with Rice. But um, w- when you look at it, though, that's a nice run that they can have. So they're probably salivating at at, this, at least the first three of their next six or whatever. Um, and also, too, Adrian, when it comes to Charlotte, I don't know if you heard it, but uh, this is what I heard back here. Let me know if you can hear it. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Oh, Sal, <laughs> you had to. You had to. If we didn't get it this time around, we could only get it the set the next time around when Charlotte comes to El Paso yep. and plays them. So we only have it two more times, and then Charlotte's going to the AAC. So we won't have it anymore. So we got to get the minor Forty Nine er Scooby Doo sound bit as often as we can. So uh, thank you, Sal. Thanks for remembering it too. I appreciate that. Actually, Sal, I'm looking at the schedule right here. Uh, yeah. Thursday, February 9th, so mark your calendar. Uh, that'll be the next time after Monday that we get to do that sound bit again. Uh, maybe for the last time. Maybe for the last time for a while, right? Um, UTEP not going to be playing Charlotte uh, for the foreseeable future, knowing that they're moving conferences and going to the American Athletic. Um, as we wind things down, let's get over to our awards here to close things out here on the show today. Let's first start out with our hot hand of the game. It was tough. I mean, there's so many good ones that you can go with. You can go with Mario McKinney. 14 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 0 turnovers, and 20 minutes off the bench. So 14 points, 20 minutes. That's uh, Mario McKinney right there. Shamar Givens, here we go. 16 points, 7 of 11 shooting, 35 minutes, uh, 10 assists, 5 turnovers. So he puts up maybe his, yeah it's his first double double in a UTEP uniform but he does foul out in this contest and has four rebounds Shamar Givens uh 
Sal, that's probably where we're going to lean, right? At Shamar Givens right here, undersized guard, but puts up that double-double with those 10 assists. Really heated up in that second half uh, in particular, Sal. It was just a shame that he, he was mm-hmm. fouled out, but he put up those eight points, and he also dished out five assists in the second half before he fouled out. Yeah, and and also, too, with, with the 10 total, that being a, a large part, that's that's at the least, right? 20 points <laughs> that, that he helps contribute to, right. aside from, from the 16 that, that he dropped in uh, himself so definitely a big part of the offense the five turnovers hurt a little bit um, for sure he led the team in turnovers and, and when I look at the game him and uh, and Mason ironically enough two players with five fouls and they also foul out but they played important minutes for their team so um, I mean he definitely helped out it's tough to pick an award because you look at the line and you see guys like hey this sticks out more than this or, or this player did did exceptional in this area but when you were listening to the game um, you could tell that that you know Solomon. We we look at uh, at Hardy, Givens, even McKinney. All of them definitely worthy. So it's it's a tough one to pick, man. I I, I don't know, but I, I like the the nomination. All right, let's let's stick with Mario McKinney. Uh, he, he you convinced me, Sal. We we broke this down both ways. I think we got to go with McKinney. I know Givens had such a great game, and it's it's a robbery that we didn't give him uh, a uh, an award after 16 points, 10 rebounds. But the way McKinney played down the stretch, I think that was so important. So when we're really talking about a hot hand in this one, Mario McKinney just killed it in that final stretch. Yeah. Eight points in 11 minutes of action off the bench in the second half. I mean, this guy's got to play more. He wins our hot hand of the game, and that's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Great call by you, Sal. Wind Supply El Paso is the number one place for all HVAC units and parts to contractors here in El Paso. If you're looking for a reliable HVAC system supplier to help grow your business, call Wind Supply El Paso today, 915-859-3817. You can also check them out on Facebook, Wind Supply El Paso HVAC. They're open Monday through Saturday, and you can call them, again, 915-859-3817. 915-859-3817 or go online to windsupplyelpaso.com. Now it's time to get out to our player of the game. This is thanks to Keith Southwest. Um, this one, it, it, we got to go to Tay Hardy. 15 points in the second half. He led the Miners with 20 overall, two rebounds, zero turnovers, 31 minutes of action, and uh, a Four three-pointers by Tay Hardy to lead the Miners. 20 points for Tay Hardy to help them in this one, and they needed every single point they could get, Sal. That was the biggest yeah. thing with Tay Hardy. No, big time. Uh, from He could have been hot hand and player of the game, huh? He, he really could have. This is a guy who showed out all game. Uh, tremendous effort, and I think that's what you can expect from Tay Hardy on a night-in and night-out basis is that that grit basically every single second that he's out there, and he's going to reap the uh, the benefits of it you know, statistically, I guess uh, I know he doesn't play for stats. He he wants to win the game, but um, he's going to pop out on the stats just because of the 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 electricity that he brings um, on the floor. So, uh, no, I'll tell you, Hardy's uh, definitely player of the game in my book today. Yeah, that's uh, that's Keith Southwest who brings us our player of the game. Every single minor talk when we're talking about metal stamping, assemblies, brackets, brushings, clips, terminals, shields, and toolings. Think of what Keith Southwest. They lead the industry in precision metal stamping since 1958. Get in touch with Keith Southwest online today. KeatsMFG.com. That's KeatsMFG.com. Final thing here before we wrap things up. Uh, Want to mention this. UTEP basketball reminds me of UTEP football, Sal. A lot of hype this year. 
going into yeah. the season, just like the UTEP football team. Both teams coming off a historic season. Miners win 20-plus for the first time last year in men's basketball for the first time in, what, seven years? And then on the flip side with UTEP football, they go to the bowl game for the first time in, what, seven years or so. Yeah. Um, and then they come into this year, football team disappoints, they fall below dis, uh, expectations, and it sets up for uh, a year next year where everybody's got eyes on Coach Dimmel in this program wondering where what direction is this going. I'm not saying it's there yet for men's basketball, but I'm saying right now with the expectations that were placed on last year, Maybe a little unfairly, right? 20-plus wins with a roster that was not his, a roster that he inherited from the previous coach in Rodney Terry. But still, um, this year, more hype, more excitement, um, a lot of excitement, especially after that Texas loss early into the year. But uh, since then, it's been frustrations for UTEP fans. And just like the UTEP football team, when it comes down to the closing moments, when it comes down to those close games, just not able to get over the hump and uh, and win some of those tight matchups. So you like the similarities? You like the comparison right there? You know or what? No? I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't see it as um, as a match, so to speak. I, I think if, if I could compare the two, like I understand the comparison in a sense, but for me, I, I think it's still too early to call it for basketball because um, obviously we're, we're barely getting started with the second half of the season. But with football, there was there was a lot more frustration um, within it for this basketball team. I, I know there's frustration, but it's still winnable. Whereas it was just so much wrong with the football team that that people were complaining about five different things and all of them were valid when it comes to the basketball team it's really just two things that's uh turnovers and free throws I, I agree. I hear what you're saying, Sal. I guess we'll agree to disagree, but and, and to your point, I guess the one key difference between UTEP men's basketball and UTEP football is UTEP football had almost everybody returning. UTEP men's basketball That's had true. three guys returning, yeah. and, and those three guys, again, have to develop that chemistry with all the other players. I get it. In On a football team, it's all about yeah. the team and, and a, a, the team as a whole, but same in basketball. It's not about one individual player who can set you over the top. You saw last year one individual player in Sule Boom who led conference conference you would say in scoring could only take you so far so and, and that was the team last year that was a team of you know the developed cohesion over yeah. the years that they were with Rodney Terry so there's there's differences there and, and you know what too I think another thing is um as far as conference USA goes conference USA basketball is leaps and bounds better than conference USA football I I know it's kind of like you go. thank ap- you good call I don't know I know it's like apples to oranges so to speak but if if you just say Conference USA, obviously people start thinking of the refs. They're terrible night in and night out for everybody, so at least they're consistent. But um, when it comes to football, they're, they're more of a, of a laughing stock as opposed to basketball where it, it's going to be a tough league. It's still a one-bid league, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot tighter when it comes to that race for the top than it is in football. You're saying that five and seven rice going to a bowl game is a laughing stock, Sal? Come on. Oh man, man no way. No, I, I take it back. That's the pinnacle of a football for sure. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Hey, thanks to everybody who called in today. Thanks for all the tweets. We had a lot of uh, responses today. Can't thank everybody enough for listening as always. Uh, we'll be back in action Monday for Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. We're signing off. Uh, rice defeats UTEP. By a buzzer beater, Travis Evie hits the floater to win it, 83-82. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradis. Uh, thanks to the Oscar ID at the agency. They are the presenting sponsor here on Minor Talk. And until Monday, we'll be back in action here on 600 ESPN El Paso.